right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Hi everyone, Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys. What a treat it is to have you join me today for what I know will be a treat for you as well. That's because I have none other than Forbidden Knowledge's own Billy Carson back on the show to talk about something that I don't know we've delved into to the extent that we're gonna be delving into today. And that has to do with money, but not just the ability to acquire money or why we're lacking money in our lives. We're gonna talk about that. But most importantly, we're gonna talk about the metaphysics of money, the energy and the frequency of money, and why our misunderstanding, our relationship to money from that perspective, maybe keeping money away from you. Conversely, we will be talking about how to eliminate Uh, the mindset of lack by understanding the metaphysics of money in order to bring more of it into your lives. We know these are very, very critical times right now, but they are not insurmountable if you have the right understanding about the relationship that we have with money and the power that is inherent within that relationship. So I am really, really excited to uh, share this conversation with you today. Be sure, if you do enjoy this show, to give us a thumbs up. We love it. YouTube likes it, and of course, it helps uh, reach more people out there in the community. So give us a thumbs up. And of course, if you like uh, the show, if you enjoy Higher Journeys, we appreciate a subscribe. But in the meantime, let's get on with the show. Our conversation about money. This is not your ordinary conversation, y'all. This is about the metaphysics, the energy, and the frequency of money, and why you deserve abundance today. Stay tuned. Billy Carson, I'm going to start this conversation out with a quote by somebody I know you know well, and his name is Jordan Maxwell. And I will never forget when he said, and he said on several occasions, money doesn't go through your hands like water. Money is water, as in currency Mm -hmm. and cash flow. And I know for y'all out there that know Jordan Maxwell and have listened to his work, you probably heard him say this. So there is a nexus between money and water and currency, and flow. And we're having a conversation today, everyone, uh, about the metaphysics of money, the frequency of money, the energy of money, and why much of what we have been taught, what we believe is predicated on, sorry, false information. Would you agree? Absolutely. Definitely predicated on false information, lies, deceit, and uh, control. Simple as that. But we're not going to focus on what went wrong. We're going to talk about what's right and why money is in alignment with us naturally. Look, guys, let me just say off the bat, and I know there's going to be some detractors out there that might say, Alexis, I thought this was supposed to be a spiritually oriented show. Why are we talking about money? Money is the root of all evil. I could not disagree more. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, in the Bible, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. I think it says something to the effect of the love of money. The worship of money is the root of that. 1,000% correct. Obviously, we're in a matrix that requires a financial transaction, a financial instrument. So money is part of this reality at this moment. And uh, it can be used for good or bad. It's just up to the the beholder, the person that has access to it. Right. And it can be neutral, I suppose. That's right. It sure can. So I want to propose a syllogism. I love syllogisms. We know what that is, right? If A equals B and B equals C, then A obviously equals C. Here's a syllogism that I came up with. If money is water and we and the planet are made up primarily of water, then we are 
money. Mm-hmm. That's a little, that's a, that's a heavy thing to, to talk about. What, what do you mean we're money? Well, uh, here's one thing I'll say, and this, this will be a little controversial, but apparently it's true. If we are money, if we're not money, then why are our bodies traded on the stock exchange? That's right. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way right now. These things are just epiphanies that, you know, as you reflect on the things that you've learned over the years, mm-hmm. things start to fit. So yeah. apparently we have our, our corporeal corpse, corporeal structure has value. But again, we want to put that aside and talk about how we can be in resonance with that, which we are. So let's dig into that, Billy. Yeah. You've got a lot to say on the matter. And I love the idea. I, I'm fascinated with water anyway. And these days I've been thanking it a lot for being, for cleansing me, for quenching my thirst, for right. being conscious and being mm-hmm. in alignment with me. So if water is money, I'm sorry, if money is water and we are made up primarily of water, which means we mirror money, yeah. why are we repelling it rather than attracting it? Right. Well, you know, the term you just used is actually in the uh, the urban phrase would be, you are the bag. <laughs> so that's the urban phrase, meaning that we are the money. We ourselves are the currency. And, um, you know, what people have done, just based on how we've grown up and the perceptions that we've been, that have been programmed into us, we see... Uh, money as a totally separate thing from us instead of realizing that money is nothing more than an energy exchange just like water flowing down a river eventually the rocks or 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 whatever it's flowing over it begins to get weathered and money carves into the hardest stones and so we literally are the money uh the currency of the world of the planet that carves out this entire civilization on this planet and soon to be other planets in the galaxy as well. And so what that really means is understanding that money is an exchange of your conscious energy. And in that, during that exchange process, we actually attribute that conscious energy to an instrument called money, which we identify as something that could be hand picked up by your hand and traded or sent digitally through computer systems. But we are not separate from it, and it's not separate from us. It is just the interlinking factor in between what we're trying to acquire or what we're trying to satisfy. And so when you understand that, that you are the bag, you are the source of revenue. It's inside of you. And that the instrument is actually just an interlinking piece. You begin to see money totally differently. And so what I try to tell people is don't chase money. Don't hoard money. What you do is you chase your passions and chase your dreams. And if you find a need for those passions and dreams and you put action behind that need from others that need it, then you will find out that money will appear as a side effect. I love it. Right to the point. So many misconceptions about money or use of it and what it is. I was listening to an excellent lecture from the legendary late Manly P. Hall, who does, I think he's done several lectures on the history of money, the very aspect that you're talking about. And the word exchange came up a lot. He even went into uh, the origins of money, not the origins of money, but the uh, money from the perspective of the ancient Egyptians. Maybe we can touch on that before the show is over. But the fact that this is an exchange that to, what was the word he used? Acquire or the, the act of accumulating 
is a it it can't be done. You don't accumulate money because accumulating means assuming it's a, it's 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 uh you just add and add and add, but that means it's not going anywhere. It's mm-hmm. got to constantly flow. Right, it has and to flow. Yeah, you've got to I spend. See, you have to spend. I see money as employees. So and my dollars aren't just going to sit around and accumulate and collect. That means I'm not going to earn any money. I have to put them to work. They have to go out and do work. So every dollar that I bring in is an employee that works for me. The dollar is the employee. Mm-hmm. Yes, the dollar is the employee. It has to work for you. If you don't have your dollars working for you, then you're always going to have a cap on what you can do in terms of financial stability, wealth, success, leaving something for your prosperity, building a legacy for your family, future generations. There's going to be a cap on what you can do if you don't have money working for you. Hmm. So how do we begin to dispel this very damaging stigma that money has accumulated over the ages? This isn't a, a, a you know a silver bullet. We're talking about people having to uneducate, not educate, but un deprogram themselves from, because I think that the, the guilt even about having a sum of money or feeling that you're not worthy of it, that's something that can be ingrained and also encoded in the water that is you. How do we flush that out, Billy, and start the process of rebuilding a good and healthy relationship with money? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Woke Doesn't Mean Broke, because okay. there's this stigma that if you're a woke or conscious individual, that you should be financially destitute and it's okay to be financially destitute. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not okay to be financially destitute in a matrix that requires an energy exchange which generates something called money because if you're not abundant, if you're if you're talking about all these conscious concepts and you're trying to tell people how how powerful we are, how amazing we are in these affirmations and how the law of attraction works, and they're looking at you and you can't manifest a light bill. You can't manifest a car payment. You Every time they turn around, you need money for this and money for that. You're asking to borrow money. They're not going to believe you and they're not going to want to listen to anything you have to say. Because according to when they see you, they don't see uh, a successful person or a person that's utilizing these spiritual concepts that you've been preaching. And so it's important to understand that we all must drop this stigma that money is the root of all evil and all this other kind of stuff, because what it really is, what it falls down to is this. When I went to get my concealed weapons license and I sat there in the class the first day, the instructor said to us, what's more dangerous, a gun or a car? And I said, well, um, the gun. She says, actually, everybody has a car pretty much. More people have cars than guns and and a car is a weapon. You can run over, you can kill 25 people driving out of here today if you decide to very, very easily. Just run up on the sidewalk and run them over. It's a conscious decision that you don't do that. And so that really opened my eyes to a whole nother level of understanding. It's like, wow. So money, yes, you can take money and you can hoard it and you can try to worship the money and you can make the money your God and you can uh, you know, crave or, or after money and chase it. And however, maybe that's the dark side of things, but the true reality is for this planet to flourish, for the conscious community to develop and grow and prosper, and for us to be finally put into key positions of power on this planet so that we can make major changes, it's going to take cash flow. It's going to take money, which is an energy exchange and conscious thought behind it that utilizes it for the yin and not the yang. Mm -hmm. 
that's what we have to be able to get to. I love the analogy that I, I've used over time in terms of we think of an object as having a connotation that's good or bad. And I use the taking the natural elements as an example. Water, as an example, can cook your food or drown you. Mm. Fire can warm you or burn you. You can apply that to to anything that we have at the tips of our fingers to use. It can be used for whatever we choose. Mm -hmm. So, but the psychology and the fact that people tend to be habituated towards certain beliefs uh, can do a lot of damage over time. So I do think it's going to be, everything you're saying makes perfect sense. And I'm sure there's, well, there's always going to be someone that's going to disagree, right? But the journeyers, hopefully, you know what Billy's talking about. And yet- What what is encoded into the cells of belief or the beliefs that are encoded into the cells and eradicating that and, and moving forward with it? What uh, you know? Yeah. It's. Well, it, one, I was going to say one thing that I you know because you were talking about the coding and the program that's in us, and so one of the things I talk about in my book are the affirmations, and there are a lot of affirmations because it's been proven that saying positive affirmations for 21 days, three times a day for 21 days will actually reprogram your DNA. This is real science. And so if that's the case, why aren't we then reprogramming ourselves using positive affirmations? So I have a huge list of affirmations for people to say and utilize in their life every single day to begin to break apart that old coding and reprogram the new coding and embracing who you truly are, embracing the true power that's inside of you, understanding that You are the financial mechanism through your conscious thought and actions and that the money is nothing more than a side effect of that energy exchange. And you have the capability and the possibility of using it for good or bad. It's up to you. I think that in my personal opinion, I really do believe that most people will actually do good. Most people want to actually do good. I don't think that most people want to do bad. That's just my opinion. I look at my posts on social media and if I post something, it may get 50,000 likes and maybe 400 comments. And out of the 400 comments and 50,000 likes, there may be five or six people that make negative statements in there. When I look at the disparity between the difference between positive and negative, I see that over and over again for years, it's a very small percentage of people that make the biggest noise on the, you know, on the dark side. And so I really do think that the majority of people would walk in, would like to walk in abundance, would like to leave a legacy for their family, would like to not end up on a GoFundMe uh, uh, you know, web- website when they pass away, people yeah. trying to raise the money. For- I'm tired of putting the, I don't, I told somebody, I'm not putting up any more GoFundMe's on my account for, for dead people. I'm not doing it. Interesting. You should mention that just as a matter of fact, this person is being waked today. Someone, I'm not going to go into detail. I want to keep her mm-hmm. personal and private. I knew her through a friend, but she passed suddenly young woman, uh, came from a, a family of hardship, and lo and behold, they had to do a GoFundMe to raise funds for her services. So yeah. that being said, it's about somehow washing away the guilt. There's a guilt factor that cannot be denied uh, of acquiring money and you know a, a shame associated with it yeah. that unequivocally is keeping people in a perpetual state of poverty. Mm-hmm. Even if yeah. they wouldn't admit it, even if they don't know it consciously, I believe it is encoded in the DNA. So we've yeah. got to reprogram that DNA. And so what you're saying is that these affirmations 
We will have a link to this book, by the way. Can you hold up woke doesn't? Oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was woke don't mean broke. It's woke doesn't mean broke. Well, woke don't mean broke is the actual song uh, that I produced okay. with Donnie Arcade and 3D Nati. And it's a rap song uh, based off the concept of the book. And the, the song actually charted number 63 in the world, the global top 150 independent chart, and played over 2,000 times a week on radio. And we got a plaque chart for it, a charted plaque for the for the song. <laughs> so the song's charted, and the book- Show the thickness, bigger. show that thickness of the book. How many yeah. pages? 688 pages. It's the new financial Bible. This book is literally being touted as a financial Bible. I'm gonna read a quote from one of the many uh, uh, reviews on Amazon. Where are you? Let me read this quote. Read a review. Quote, this is a brilliantly written book. It's like the financial Bible. Anyone and everyone should read this book. Wish they taught this in school. They'd be many more successful individuals in this world. So grateful for the wisdom in this book. And by the way, I'm going to put this out there right now. Billy is like the cool, he's like one of the coolest friends. Maybe the coolest friend I have in my friendship portfolio. I just, you know, I adore you. Billy's been kind enough to let us post a, a sample chapter on higherjourneys.com. So we'll make sure to have a link and of course, a link to the book. So go get it, go get it and go support uh, Billy. Um, I, I just want to say for the record, for whatever it's worth, in the midst of otherwise tumultuous times, I'm looking right at the camera, I'm looking at you out people, <sighs> don't buy the lie. We know it's been tough. It has been challenging. This has been a litmus test, a collective litmus test on so many levels. But one of the thing that's been things that have been proffered so much, Billy, and I think you'll agree within the mainstream is this pushing of lack, sickness, uh, financial ruin due to what's going on. And when you hear that over and over again, like a mantra, how can, for those that are listening every day, how can that not affect you if you're taking that in on a subconscious and even conscious level? Yeah. But it's, in, it's the midst, Go ahead. Yeah, in the midst of it all, the magic is what's shining, the brightest I've ever seen. And you're living proof of that. And you're Thank here you. offering this advice to so many, not just to pontificate, but to help folk. Right. Help yeah. themselves. Yeah, that's the key. See, uh, and I'm glad you said it that way because I made a post earlier today from one of my own quotes, which is stop waiting on an external savior to come and save you. It's time for you to save yourselves. And this is something I had to learn at the early age of seven. And this is back in Miami when I was growing up in the ghetto. We were so poor, I couldn't even afford to get a bazooka bubble gum for five cents from the ice cream truck. And my friends who were in the same ghetto I was in was get, were getting ice cream and pickles, all kind of stuff. And so I went and sold all of my toys. I went and got all my toys. I put them in a Winn-Dixie grocery store uh, uh, plastic crate that we had at the house. And I went door to door, ma'am, sir, please, a penny, a nickel, a dollar, whatever you can afford to donate. I want to sell my toys. I just want to have some money for the ice cream truck. And I sold every toy that I had. And that's how I got money in my hands. And at that moment, at that exact moment when I finished doing that, it came to me, wow, there is nobody coming to save me. I'm going to have to pull up my britches, get my hands dirty, and get to work to save myself. And that's how I'm going to get out of this situation. So from that day forward, 1977, I'll never forget it, I said to myself, I'm going to put in all the effort, the work, the energy, whatever it takes to move myself out of this situation into a much better situation because I don't deserve to be here. I don't belong here. And that's exactly what I proceeded to do. 
Do you feel that at some level, I've heard you tell this story before, and it can't be said enough. Do you feel at some level, Billy, how old were you when you had that epiphany? Seven. Seven years old in 1977. Yeah. Seven, seven, seven is what? <laughs> what do you see on that slot machine? I'm not kidding you. This is, yeah. this is part of the metaphysics. Yeah. Um, have you looked back in retrospect, Billy, and said, this scenario of lack was given for me for given to me for a reason in order for me to have this epiphany. I, I agree one thousand percent. I believe that I'm one of the people that was designated for whatever reason to to help you know awaken as many people as possible on this planet and maybe even on other planets. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, and I you know I grew up with severe lack, severely poor. I, I used to eat Cairo syrup and toast for food. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows what that means, but the Cairo syrup was the most horrible syrup you can you can eat. And I used to pour that on toast and eat that unless my neighbors came over. Sometimes neighbors would give us food, things like that. It was pretty, pretty tough. Um, and so I watched my parents put money in a shoebox. My parents, their job was delivering newspapers for the Miami Herald. And my dad was a shade tree mechanic. So every now and then he'd do some jobs at the house of some people's cars that broke down. And, you know, that was all I knew about money, watching them put it in a shoebox and always calling their um, my grandparents on my mom's side to ask them how, you know, can you help us pay these bills and buy my kids school clothes? So it was pretty tough. So I, I had that experience. So I, I know that perspective. I know that broke mentality. And I saw it all around me growing up. And I said, wow, for some reason, I realized that wasn't the life plan for me. And I needed to find a way to break out. And once I started developing these conscious ways to escape that situation, I realized the second thing was I was going to always go back and bring as many people out as I could possibly with me. And that's where I am at now in my, in my life. I know you. How are. many people can I help? You wonder why I love this guy so much? <laughs> my God. You brought up something. Uh, I don't know if you said the word resentment, but that was the thought in my mind. And Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that have gone through, are going through, will go through what you're talking about, and in some cases worse. You know, I've been to Egypt a couple of times, as have you, and I have seen some serious poverty. Folks in the hood here have no idea what poverty is. They don't know. Poverty, kids playing in the dirt and happy and happy about it. Okay, that's that. But resentment, let's talk about resentment and the damage that it does to that very, very malleable structure called water that is us and money mm-hmm. my thinking yeah. is because you had this epiphany so early on you didn't go through subsequent years being being salty about the fact that you grew up poor but so right. many people do just resentful they go through the rest of their lives talk about the damage that does oh it does an amazing amount of damage because the body is primarily made of water and so every conscious thought and every time you speak the combination of those cymatic frequencies and light waves, because every thought is a light wave that comes out of your skull. And we know this because we can detect those light waves and send them to a computer so we can see how the brain works. And every cymatic frequency, which is coming out through your vocal cords, which is a vibration that you create in space time. And uh, those things have power over water. And we've done, you know, not we in particular, but there have been many experiments that have been done showing the power of vocalization and conscious thought over water and how the water crystallizes or doesn't crystallize based off of positive or negative intentions. So if you're consistently complaining about money, you hear your parents consistently complaining about the bills and you're poor and you're broken and you, you know, you're consistently being 
pounded with the fact that there's not enough. Uh, and, you know, you're, 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 you're basically cursing yourself every day and saying, you know, we suck and we're broken, we're poor. And, and you've, you've actually accepted it. A lot of people have accepted, oh, we're, we're poor, man. This, we can't afford none of this stuff. And so what's happened is you've actually inadvertently programmed your body and the water in your body to accept that. And then that water, which is being used to make the body function, is actually going into the DNA, it's going into the RNA, it's going into uh, uh, you know, every aspect of the body, the genome. And it's those memories, uh, those thoughts that you put out are now becoming um, trauma memories that are getting stored in the epigenetic system of the body and then being passed down to the next generation. So people that, are, that grow up very poor, if they're poor generationally, they have 15 to 20 generations of broke mentality programmed into their body at the moment of birth. <laughs> and so this takes a lot of work to break out of. It takes a lot of work to, to snap out of that spell because that's what it really is a spell. Uh, and so it's like you have to break generational curses and it takes a lot. So just like an alcoholic or a drug addict has to admit they have a problem, the same with the person that's living underneath a broke mentality or has programmed their water in their body to say, you know, we have a lack and we never will be anything. They've also got to then reverse and say, look, I have a problem. I'm believing that this is where I should be, but something in me is telling me that I shouldn't. I'm admitting now that I've been part of the process of to be where I am. And I need to now find a way. I'm, I'm looking for answers. How can I change my current situation? When a person has that, that epiphany, it becomes even easier for them to reprogram themselves because they've relinquished uh, you know, all of that, all that trauma, that stress, that programming and said, look, I'm willing to recode myself. They've opened up now and now they're open to receiving more new, better and positive information and also solutions. We're going to do the after show, you guys, for members only. You can quickly become a member by coming over to Patreon. But I'm wondering, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you be willing to offer a couple of ideas for those who have perhaps multi-generational encoding of that 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 it's almost like it's a becomes a gene yeah would you be genius. willing to yeah. to are there a couple of things you could offer in the after show oh definitely for sure absolutely yeah everything you're saying makes sense and we don't realize i i talk about the power of vocalization and you know that versus uh, silent thoughts, not that they don't have their own energy and frequency signature, but as a talker, I've always been cognizant of the the power in the spoken word audibly. That's why I talk to myself all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, But I do, but I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to the field. Yeah. And I understand that when I speak words, no matter what they are, they cannot, by the laws of physics, go anywhere. Mm -hmm. They may slow down a bit, but they're never going to be stagnant. They're they're going yeah. to exist forever. Every yeah. tone you strike with your singing bowl, every word you speak. So we did talk yeah. about, I think, in the last show, the power of your subconscious mind with Joseph Murphy. Did you, you read that book, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. many years yeah. ago. Yeah, amazing, amazing book. That's really powerful, and people don't realize that the subconscious mind is really controlling everything that's going on in their real, in their third dimensional reality. It's uh, very subtle, and you know a lot of people don't realize the power that it can that it has, and how you can break free of all of the things that have been holding you down, holding you back. Uh, and uh, it even has the capability of picking up everything that happens around you, 
whether it's a car driving by, the color of the car, the license plate number, you don't forget anything. It's all in there. That is the field. Could it be that our subconscious mind is the conduit or the the conduit between us and the field? When I say the field, I'm talking about what some call the Akasha or the Akashic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that it is. It's just like, for example, our energy uh, that we have in our body uh, as it as it connects, as it as it as it fulfills a service, as it fulfills an energetic purpose. It flows into money, and it's the same exact way with um, with that field and how it connects to our subconscious. Uh, so the subconscious, as it flows through us, it links back to the akashic records, which really is a storehouse, a data storehouse of every light wave that ever left every sentient brain in the entire universe. Hmm. That's <laughs> that's hard to comprehend. Yeah, it's I a massive I... storage capacity. <laughs> Well, it's it's limitless, right? Yeah, that's right. Limit. I mean, we're talking about every thought that you've had since you were able to conceive a thought. It's going out there and rippling through the records, through the Akashic records, through space time. Just like I Love Lucy from 1960, radio waves, which are light waves, are still emanating through space. And if I was in a distant galaxy and I was able to pick up that light wave frequency from Earth, if I had the technology, I could tune into I Love Lucy and watch it from 30 light years away, a million light years away, whatever. It's going to continue to travel permanently through throughout space. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the light waves that come out of our skulls with all the data on them. Yeah. So water is, we're talking about water as a primary um, storage house, but really everything in the, in the natural world, including the mineral kingdom, we know, we don't have to go into, I know you all know about the the storage capability of crystals and technologies that we use, but also in metaphysical applications. Can fire be a storehouse? Other elements? That's pretty interesting how, you know, fire, it seems to collect data uh, and then it converts it. It alchemically converts data. So it takes data it then by burning it, it alchemically converts those molecules into another substance. Gotcha. It can fuse molecules together to create a whole other element. And of course, it can even then turn molecules into a mist or a vape, uh, even, uh, uh, you know, um, vaporize, like, you know, you can vaporize water. You can, uh, what do you call that water? Like the smart water, distill, mm-hmm. distillation. Mm-hmm. So it does all these different things. So it actually has a way of alchemically transmuting matter. That makes perfect sense almost composting it in a way. Right. Yeah. Of which we have the ability to do as well. I say we're alchemists at our core. We have the ability to turn scrap metal into gold, literally. Right. Literally. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of changing states. So if it's changing states as above, so below, we're talking about changing states in the physical with fire and how it how whatever it whatever it connects to, the same way in the mind. How can you alchemically convert things in the mind? You have to change your state of mind. And so when you change your state of mind, you get a different result. Just like if I apply fire to paper, I'm going to get a different result. But probably it's the same thing. It's just in a different state, alchemical state. Right, exactly. And that's how we process information. I remember my third grade teacher, she told me, she said, uh, she was asking everybody in the class, like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, well, I want to be a famous person on TV. And she said to me, I never forget this. She said, you're never going to be anything. 
because you're broke and you're poor and the odds are stacked against you. And I was like, wow. Now, I think a lot of kids would have taken that information and they would have believed it because it came from a person in a position of power uh, or a teacher, supposedly. And I took it and I was like, I'm going to prove this lady wrong. There's nothing that's going to stop me from achieving any goals that I have set for myself. You know, so I knew at a very young age, like, no, that's that's unacceptable. I don't believe I don't believe you, you know. And so I went on and um, I've you know, I've done my thing. And I've done pretty well, pretty well for myself. I did try to go back to that school, but she was long gone. I just wanted to let her know that what she said was false, but I never could find up, could catch up with it. <laughs> this is another thing you just triggered uh, me remembering what I wanted to bring up, and that is the self-loathing that also seems to be part of an indoctrination program where people will, it's bad enough to hear your teacher say you'll amount to nothing because of this yeah. that, and the other, but when you get to the point where you say, well, I'm just a, do you know how many people, Billy, I've run into for, in various conversations that will say, oh, I'm just a peon or we're just peons. You know, you'll have people that will try to drag you into it. And I would look at them and say, yeah. first of all, don't ever let something like that come out of your mouth again. Mm. And certainly don't bring me into that. But yeah. I've taken note over the years, particularly in recent years, but for, for as long as I can remember, I can count dozens of times where someone would say, self-loathing, self-hating. Mm. Self yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Joe... Uh, what is it? I'm a nobody. Who yeah. are you? Are you a somebody? You know, you hear people say that and you're like, where do people get that from? And uh -huh. how can you continuously talk like that and not have, uh, not expect it to affect your circumstances? Someone's going to break that curse. Yeah. It's self-sabotage is what it self -sabotage, is. Self-sabotage. That's right. Yeah. And they have a very low um, perception of themselves. And uh, that lack of knowledge of self is, a, is one of the biggest detriments to why a lot of people are struggling financially. Okay. And it's part of the thing that fuels divorces. The main cause for divorce, and the main, well, I would say the main cause for the arguments in the home, which end up leading to divorce, are finances. Yeah, absolutely. So why not try to eliminate one of the things you may be able to control to a certain extent? Why, I, would say, I, I would think we can decrease the amount of divorces that are going on in the country right now. And maybe to have this clarity and understanding of how this all works, you wouldn't get into a marriage that was destined to fail to begin with. That's very true as well. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very tricky. And so these are the things that I've picked up and learned over many, many decades, and I'm still learning every single day. I don't claim to know it all. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to put out a lot enough information to produce a book like this. And uh, the book has got incredible reviews from very powerful people. And, um, you know, so I'm going to continue to, to put out information that I think is going to help people and take them to the next level, consciously, spiritually and financially. I want to hear from you, journeyers. I call, you know, I call my audience the journeyers and there may well be folks that are like, who, that are new to the show, that who are the journeyers? Well, if you're watching, you are now an official journeyer. I want to hear from you and I want to get, please share with me and share with Billy and share amongst each other your ideas around money currently. And if what Billy and I both, this is a conversation, uh, what we're saying is resonating with you in some way, or even any questions that you have, I promise you, any questions that you leave for Billy, um, I know he can't answer all of them personally, but I'll make sure he gets them. Please, Absolutely. please, you all, I've got to say this, you're more than worthy. Money That's is right. your birthright. 
This planet is your birthright. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And you're having an exchange with all of those things, whether they're in your life right now or not, are your birthright. So it's time to bring them in. We don't have any time to waste anymore. Here, please, loud and clear. You may not agree with every little thing that either one of us are saying, but the general ideas, and they're not new. They're written in stone. Yeah, really. <laughs> they're written. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. People have to understand that they deserve to walk in abundance 24-7, period. And whatever abundance means to them, it could mean that my bills are paid. Abundance for me is a little bit more because I have about 25 families that count on me every single week so they can pay their bills because they're working for me in some way, shape, or form. And if I go down, they all go down. Mm. And then I do a lot of work in the community. So I have to invest money into these things. You know, $2,500 a month for Zoom because I have to have the highest paid Zoom in case I have 8,000 people on a Zoom call, you know. Uh, you know, $30,000 for one app a year. The TV app is 45000 a year. And that's just for the apps. What are that, your TV apps part? The actual streaming revenue itself is averaging about five grand a month. You know, so this stuff takes a lot of money to maintain and sustain, to bring this knowledge to the world. Uh, it, it, and you can't do it. If every single one of us is, you know, piss poor broke, we're just going to spin our wheels like a hamster in one of those little wheels. We're not going to go anywhere. Somebody has to, at some point, uh, achieve a certain level of success and continue to spread the knowledge and the wealth around. Absolutely. Unfortunately, not everyone is going to get that, but yeah. I do believe there are a lot of people on the brink of getting it and and actualizing this reality. And you don't have to be a Billy Carson to, you know, it's not about, and that's the other thing. There's been so much pressure because of this culture of idolizing celebrity and idolizing money idolization of money. That's not a good thing. You no. want a relationship with it, not to idolize because when you idolize, you're worshiping and that's unhealthy. But uh, uh, so, so I think there are a lot of people that feel unworthy because they're constantly being paraded with celebrity and sick amounts of money uh, that are, uh, and it's adored. And what do you think that's doing to the subconscious? It, that's, that's sick. We, we've got to stop doing that. Stop feeling pressure to be like someone else. Just be the best you you can be and know that you're covered end-to-end -end financially and otherwise. Yeah, that's it. Choose that's to. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're going to move on to, because it's watching the time and we're going to have to wind yeah. it down. We will be going to Patreon, however. So come on over and join us uh, for the after show. But come on over and join Billy and your partner in crime in this regard called uh, called her name is Dawn Dixon and maybe if yeah. I if I can get an image of her I'll put an image up on the screen in fact I think I'll put a banner up in post production so y'all can see this this uh, very very successful and spiritually rooted uh, team tell us about your upcoming workshop uh, about how to raise millions of dollars for your business. Now we know that everyone has a business. There's some of you that do, and there'll be lots of things to get out of it. But tell us about that March 27th. What are you going to be talking about and how are you going to be approaching this? Yes. So March 27th is the workshop. Uh, myself and Dawn Dixon, she's been in Forbes, entrepreneur, uh, you know, black enterprise. She's a black female entrepreneur of the year. I've been in Forbes a couple of times already myself and uh, entrepreneur just contacted me today. Actually, there's an article coming out in two weeks. I filled out their questionnaire. So that'll be live shortly. You'll have a copy of that too to post. Uh, but so basically what we're doing is we're utilizing 
this workshop as a way to uh, continue to expand the knowledge to the world, literally the world, not just Americans, the world can utilize these techniques and raise money the same way that we're going to show. But we're going to go over the spiritual aspect of how to raise money. We're going to go over the spiritual aspect of what I do, what Dawn does, where we both came from, and how spirituality was heavily involved in helping us make the right decisions and have the right discernment, and what our spiritual rituals are with regards to capital, raising funds, building businesses, and even managing the day-to-day of the business and how we even structure the business based off of consciousness, not off of uh, you know, pure capitalism. And again, because Dawn has broken so many records in actually raising money, she actually went to college for that to learn that specific skill and talent. She's had, she has mastered it. She's also a, a patented inventor. And she's going to go over the nuts and bolts process that does not require any personal credit history. If you have good credit, that's even better because there's more money available for you. But I'm going to sh- talk to you about the esoteric wisdom, the metaphysics. She's going to talk to you about the spiritual spirituality, her spiritual rituals, and also the exact technique and the direct contacts that you'll be able to plug directly into to start the process of raising money for your new or existing business. And if you don't have one yet, we're going to show you how to actually create the business. What type of business? LLC, LLP, Inc., S Corp, C Corp. All that's going to be covered in the workshop. Love it, love it, love it. You're talking my language. I guess I can say officially now, I just became an LLC. Higher Journeys as a sole proprietor has just become Higher Journeys Media LLC. And I am literally, I'm talking like three weeks ago. Hmm. So, uh, uh, and this is my second time around. My husband and I had a business. Uh, We were, I believe, an S Corp, Hmm. been in the business community. That's a whole nother life, a whole nother incarnation, but it's (laughs) skills that are parlayable. And, but you know what? I think I'm going to be there. Y'all better be there. And and I, I know that there's going to be much to procure, whether you're you're an existing business owner, you're thinking of starting a business, or just doing your thing, you know, it's really going to be about the the philosophy of healthy money that yeah. all of us can use. So we'll have a link. The link is below. Uh, so click on it get signed up. And I, I know that you can't have like thousands upon thousands of people there. So, right. You got to cap it at some point. So I would hurry up, sign up so you don't get locked out because I don't know when Billy will be doing this particular one again. Obviously you've got a lot of workshops uh, going yeah. on, but this is a powerful oh, one. Just Let me powerful. ask, are you going to be going into, I, I know this, this what is like five hours long or something. Yeah. yeah. It's, a I, I, it's a real okay. class. With it's a real class. Okay. Will you be covering your Don um, within the context of the PPP and some of the opportunities that are existing? Yes. She's going to cover that intensively. Uh, and I've, I've also had a PPP for one of my companies. We're going to cover that intensively in round one. Round two, she's an expert on round two. We're going to cover all that, the SBA loans, mm-hmm. all the options that are available. And we're going to directly connect the people to our sources for raising capital for the business directly. So when they leave out of this workshop, all the plugs, so to say, are going to be there. They're going to have uh, everything they need to start raising capital for their business. Mm. Be there or be square. Be there or be broke. And yeah. you won't be broke. <laughs> I'm <laughs> no. trying to think of how to work in. Because woke doesn't mean broke. In That's fact, right. woke means, what's the word that rhymes with woke? Money, woke. <laughs> abundant. 
it's abundance. It's all about abundance. That's really all it's about. My my key role in this whole thing is to help people manifest abundance, whatever that means to them. There should be no lack. You shouldn't be going, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to cover this next bill. Uh, And if you do get into a situation where money is short, I'm going to teach you what to do before the panic sets in, before the low frequency vibration sets in. I'll be teaching you what to do in the class and how to avert that situation uh, that you may find yourself into from time to time. Mm -hmm. I love it. I could probably use a couple of pointers, Billy. Well, you'll be there. You'll get a link. I'll be there. Yes. What else do we want to cover? You know what we didn't get to? Maybe I, if you could make a brief comment. I just learned that my my friend is a a proponent and a practitioner of feng shui. Hmm. And you know it's so funny. You <laughs> and I got <laughs> yes, to see a little. I got to see a little bit of Billy's home privately, yeah. and it's it's if I may say, it designed yeah. with a minimalist feng shui, which I love. So I was asking the question, Billy, and I haven't looked at it, but is there such a thing as feng shui for collectors? <laughs> People that collect a lot of stuff because I'm one of those people. Yeah, We'll answer that offline. Here's the thing I wanted to bring up because y'all, you don't want to hear about that. I don't think, but is there, is there a way of incorporating feng shui principles as it relates to bringing in money? I would think that the two work dovetail nicely together. Oh, it does dovetail nicely together. It's actually something that I, that I do. So when you have, when you're dealing with money, of course, for example, I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, if I'm on the stock market, now the more chaotic method or the the hoarding method would be, oh, this is a good deal, buy this, oh, this is a good deal, buy this, oh, this is a good deal. And you're buying all these different stocks. You're not really doing a lot of research on the ones that you're buying. You just heard they were good or they look like they're good deals or they're priced, whatever. And so now you're hoarding all of these all these stocks in your portfolio. And the portfolio is really an absolute, from a financial standpoint, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you have to really take the time. I don't want my stock, my portfolio full of a thousand stocks. No. I want my portfolio full of five or six rock solid stocks that are going to have uh, a steady uh, increase over time. This is not something that I'm looking to cash out tomorrow. Now, I do work on the options game. Now, in options, you're going to make quick hits here and there. But again, even that, it's very, very heavily researched, and it's only going to be one or two at that point. And so some people's portfolios are a complete mess. You open up their Fidelity account, and it's got all these stocks sitting there that are from all over the place, and some are deep in the red now and everything else. So the feng shui teaches you minimalist order, you know, alignments. And so with that, you know, operating on alignments, working on a knowledge of dates and price points and things like that, you can actually create a portfolio that makes sense, that is minimalist, and that really is in sync with everything that you're a part of. And so that's what I focus on. Makes sense. I thought so. I wish we had more time to, to talk about that, but we'll have you back to do that. Sure. A wealth of knowledge, a repository. <laughs> you want to talk about someone that's in the flow and a work in progress. So I might add a humble citizen of planet Earth willing to continue to learn and to share and I don't know if I've ever, you and I've talked so much, I can't remember what I've told you, but I was saying to someone the other day where I once had a dream or it, I was kind of in a lucid state where I kept hearing a voice over and over in my head saying, sometimes you're the teacher, sometimes you're the student, sometimes you're the teacher, sometimes you're the student. And it went on and on and on and on. And you and I in the business that we're in, we're often looked at as quote unquote experts or teachers, but you've got to be humble in knowing that you're never always oh, a teacher. Yes. 
you're the student and you have been very humble in letting folks know there's no way you can know it all. So you're an open book, willing to learn. So thank you for being you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Love you. Love you back. Love you more, as Daniel Brinkley said. (laughs) Love you more. I have to say that too. (laughs) All right, y'all. We're uh, not quite done yet because we're going over. The door is open. We're going over to Patreon. So join us for the after show. I just lost my headphone. Ooh, that was weird. (laughs) That was a little weird. Yeah, battery needs to be changed. Meet us over for the after show on Patreon. And in the meantime, be abundant as you are. It is your birthright. Let's get to it. I love you, journeyers. Thanks, Billy. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye.